I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the White Witch Podcast with me, Carly. Hope you are all well, witches. On today's episode, we are going to be talking all about soul reincarnation. We are kicking off today's episode with our book review. And for today's book, we have a fictional witchy book that's quite a gritty, emotional young adults novel. The book is called The Witchling's Girl, and it's written by Helena Coggan. The description for this book reads as follows. In a quiet street, far from the river, with an ancient tree growing through its walls and floors, is the house of the dead. There lives the witchling, healer, midwife, and conduit between the world of the living and the world below. A witchling must give up her family and friends and spend her life alone, tending to the sick and carrying the dead down dark tunnels to the underworld. Haley was born with a gift of death magic and at the age of seven, her mother abandons her to the witchling to be raised as her successor. But as Haley grows older and learns her craft, as invading armies pass through her town, people are born and die on her floor and loyalties shift and dissolve around her. She finds it harder and harder to keep her vows and be the perfect and impassive healer. But if she can't, it will be her downfall and that of everyone she's not supposed to love. I loved this book. It is a change from other witchy fictional reads I've read of late. Both Cunning Women and The Familiars had a historical element to them being based in the UK during the real peak of witch trials. Whereas this book is set in a fictional fantasy place. There's a war running throughout the story and the country is run by lords who aren't human. So within the story, the witchling has the power of death magic and can raise the dead with their energy. It's a rare skill to have. And if you find out your child has it, they have to be sent off to live with the town's witchling, who is responsible for healing the town, but also helping people with the transition to the underworld, which sits under the witchling house. I loved the house, and this is a little description of it. The house is at least 800 years old, built from the gnarled roots of an ancient tree that twines around the house like a lover, so that branches stretch across rooms and sprouts up through floors. So Haley, the protagonist in the story, is sent off to live with a witchling at the mere age of seven, It's quite heartbreaking in some parts of the book in regards to how she deals with being sent there and her grief over her family. 
This is an extremely atmospheric book. I wish I would have been reading it in the autumn or winter months as opposed to the height of summer. In some places, I was quite shocked at some of the violence and themes that came up within the book. But to be honest, it's been a while since I read a young adult's book and even Harry Potter has elements of the same. It's a big book. Usually I can plough for a book easily in a week, but this one was intense. I loved the language, the scenes, especially the ones set in the house. I loved the descriptions of the herbs and the books and the underworld. Some bits were actually quite scary, I'm not going to lie. The relationships within the book were really beautiful. It was refreshing to read a fantasy book and it was a wonderful bit of escapism. The ending is surprising and quite profound. So I would absolutely recommend this book. Join me after the break to talk all about soul reincarnation. Hello and welcome back. So let's talk all about soul reincarnation. So this weekend, I had a past life regression carried out on me and it absolutely blew my mind. Like I'm still reeling. I can't believe what came up. It's been quite odd ever since too, in terms of feeling more connected to intuition and from a sort of meditation perspective as well. So I had a regression meditation carried out on me by a friend. She was taught witchy practices from her mum, who is a witch, since she was the age of five. My friend is deeply spiritual. Her mum taught her how to carry out regressions, and I was absolutely shook. The irony is I always make a joke on the show of being alive 300 years ago, and my regression took me back to Italy in 1755, Don't ask me how I know this. It just came up within the regression. I saw myself in a cobbled street with a market running. I was 26. Again, I don't know how I know that. And I was on the run with my slightly younger brother. Another thing I don't know how I know. Both of us were dark haired, green eyed and looked very similar. We were laughing but nervous because we knew we had people out looking for us we were on the run basically. And somehow in the regression, I knew it was as a result of me leaving my brute of a husband. My brother had sacrificed everything to run away with me. We were in a town new to us that we'd never been before. And we were on tenterhooks looking out for anyone looking for us. So in the regression, my brother handed me a present of a book wrapped in fabric wrapping that had a burgundy fleur-de-lis on the wrapping. Inside was a pistachio green coloured book on herbs. And this was a very symbolic gift because my husband, I don't know how I knew this either, discouraged, didn't like me reading, but my brother knew how much I loved it and obviously encouraged it. So the irony is I didn't see the husband in the dream, but I could picture him and he was a real brute. He reminded me of a very narcissistic ex I had for many years in both stature and aggressiveness. My lovely exes, it's just embarrassing talking about those. The brother reminded me of the ex I talked about on the Soul 
loss soul retrieval episode the one who said to me it will never be over with us because we were very very good friends like best friends at the time despite our toxic ways and the strange thing is I always used to say that me and that partner used to play fight mess around like brother and sister dynamic in in a non-weird way I definitely feel that was a twin flame relationship so I wasn't really surprised he showed up in a different form of relationship After the regression was over, I had questions like, firstly, I was confused about, I don't know why, but the fleur de lis because it's traditionally a French symbol and I knew I was in Italy. So my friend looked into it and we discovered the fleur de lis had an Italian variation of it called Giglio Botanato, which turned out to be the crest for the town, well, for Florence. And it's also strangely a ready burgundy color. So that blew my mind. I looked at pictures of the streets of Florence, somewhere I've never ever been. And they were very much like exactly like the style of streets within my regression. Bearing in mind, I've never ever been to Florence, only a tiny fraction of Italy. I have no connection to the country. Secondly, the book and the color. So he gave me a green colored book. Also the book I picked in the Akashic Records library before we got to the vision of Florence was green. And apparently this is said to be linked to my heart chakra, which I've always had issues with when it comes to affairs of the heart. And It's funny because I'm naturally fair-haired. I've had blonde hair up into my mid-30s, but I was always drawn to women who had very dark hair and green eyes and took the plunge and dyed my own hair very dark a few years ago. And the minute I dyed it, it was like I came into my own. I never, ever went back. It wasn't anything to do with the witchy side. I just felt more me than ever. So I wonder if this is also a link. So if you ever have the opportunity to do a past life regression, I wholeheartedly recommend you do it. It answered for me a lot of questions that I have had about relationships in my life. I absolutely feel two of my exes were within that life that I saw that are soul contracts that we have formed and we keep repeating. So in the words of Erica Badu, I guess I'll see you next lifetime. That is unless me or they get their shit together in this lifetime. If my mum's listening to this, I know I promised I won't swear anymore, but sorry, some things just call for it. So please don't tell me off. So some signs your soul may have reincarnated many times. So you may have reoccurring dreams, dreams that seem so real as if you were actually there excelling in a talent or ability that you have never studied or practiced, out of place memories, strong intuition, deja vu, so a sensation of meeting a person or being in a particular location previously and you know for sure you have no connection to it within this lifetime. Certain places just feel like coming home And it's not uncommon for some people to know their way around places that they have never, ever visited. You are an empath. Precognition, so foreknowledge of an event in an extrasensory way. Retrocognition, so knowledge of a past event that could not have been learned or inferred by normal means. 
You feel older than your age reflects. You have a great affinity for certain cultures, periods of time and environments that might be where your soul remembers and has experienced in another lifetime. Relationships forged in another lifetime. So it's very common to travel through various lives with the same group of souls. We learn spiritual lessons and can resolve or accumulate karma within these soul groups. And I'm not surprised that I only saw exes because I'm very fortunate in that I have some beautiful, amazing friends. My life there is very settled and also family. So all of my lessons have really been learned through relationships. We can often feel an instant sense of familiarity with some as though you've been together before. So when you meet somebody, we all know that feeling. It doesn't mean that person will show up in this lifetime in the same form of relationship as they were before either. So sometimes karmic relationships can feel like a dance that goes on and on through many lifetimes until you finally both learn from them. I definitely feel I've experienced this. So I hope next time around, I don't bloody go there again. Some of you may have soul families. So people you feel you've met with in former lifetimes. And like I was saying, you may swap roles from lovers to siblings, to colleagues, to enemies, to friends. You might even be different genders and so on. It's said that no matter where you go, you will still hold a special place in your spirit for that person, no matter if you're together or not. You might have unexplainable fears or phobias that don't seem relevant or have been caused by anything that's happened to you in this lifetime. You might feel as though this earth is not your home. There's a belief of interplanetary lives and interdimensional lives. For example, places such as Sirius, Pleiades and Vega. So traumatic and difficult experiences from past lives can still leave a lasting impression within this life, so much so that they can carry over and leave an imprint on our psyche and shadow self. And of course, within human nature, we are more likely to remember the bad over the good. Doing past life can be a great step if you're still struggling with trauma, might have gone through a good amount of shadow work, maybe even soul retrieval and still feel lost. It's definitely explained a lot of things for me. Sometimes when carrying out past life work, it's said that the negative experiences will often appear first. This can of course be disturbing. Sometimes these memories can even be blocked and therefore you might be lucky and only experience the better times within your past lives. Blocked experiences might even be blocked for our own good as reliving them could be detrimental for us or we might have suppressed them over several lifetimes yet they seep into our behaviour, psyche and shadow selves. Past life work is there to help us with healing, resolution and to bring closure or make amends and fulfill karmic responsibilities. So some different ways you can carry out past life work and regression are as follows. Past life regression therapy. So this can work on helping resolve issues that have manifested from memories and experiences from troubled past lives. This is usually carried out by a therapist who guides you through an experience. They might ask questions, but overall, they take you through the experience safely. 
So past life healing originally came to prominence back in the 1920s with the American psychic Edgar Cayce. He became one of the first psychics who offered past life readings on a large scale and it said his work contributed to assisting many with physical health issues, helping them to get over long-term and chronic illnesses. We can also look to astrology. So in astrology, there are some factors that can suggest the most important factors that have a karmic effect on your current incarnation. Astrologers will first look at the south and north nodes on your natal chart. So the south node is where you have been, who you were, what you experienced in a past life, what had a significant impact and imprint on you. The South Node is also aligned with our comfort zone, our instincts, where we come from, what we have mastered, stagnancy, and also what's familiar to us. The North Node indicates what you need to strive for in this current life as a remedy for that past life. So it's all about soul purpose, karmic path, where we are going, what we need to learn, expansion, future, and the unknown. We can also turn to tarot or divination. Specific tarot spreads can be carried out where you ask specific questions about a past life. If you're already very intuitive with tarot, this might be a great way to gain insight. I will try and link a tarot spread in the show notes for you to take a look at and perhaps try. So the Akashic Records accessing the Akashic records and gaining past life information. And we will have a podcast episode on this and a like Akashic records meditation that you can try. The Akashic records is accessed through meditation and can be. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Best accessed via the higher chakras, That's the five chakras above the seventh chakra, apparently. But like I say, we will delve into that soon. So guided meditations, working with spirit, guides, or deities. So if you struggle with accessing your Akashic records via a meditation, you can try guided meditations on like past life regression. You can find many of these for free on YouTube. Also recommend you check out Insight Timer a really good three meditation app. If you work with a spirit guide, you might wish to call upon them to see if they will help you with past life work and regression. You might wish to work with your own deities, 
But I also read on the blog tarotpugs.com, where I got some of the information on how you can work on past lives, that you could consider building up to work with Anubis, the Egyptian god of death, embalming and returning to the afterlife. So deities from certain cultures or places might offer insight into a past life from that time period, which could help with recalling what you need from that lifetime. So you might wish to work with a psychic and not all psychics work within past lives or the Akashic records. So you would need to seek one out specifically who works within that field. They may use different methods similar to those that we've already mentioned, but in their own way. So working with spirit guides, ancestors, the Akashic records, divination, tarot, some piece it together like a story of your past life. Others might just pick up certain pieces and relay it to you. So some that believe in reincarnation believe we reincarnate many years after we have lived. I found a source that said it can take around 100 years so that people you lived with won't be in your new lifetime. However, this contradicts accounts and evidence that some people have reincarnated within the same lifetime with family members, friends and so on. There are accounts of Dalai Lamas who reincarnated shortly after passing from one life. They left clues before they died so that they could be found again as their new reincarnated selves. You also hear stories of children remembering places and people from previous lifetimes that were just a few years after who they say they were died. So we are said to come to the physical plane as part of our soul's journey and evolution towards attaining enlightenment and progressing to the next stage of existence. It's almost like taking the human form for our spirit to attend a sort of school, taking prearranged lessons we set up for ourselves hundreds or thousands of years like ahead of our time. These experiences are said to challenge us, hence the painful and traumatic events in order for us to integrate the wisdom we gain through these experiences. Each acts as a catalyst for growth, causing us to adjust our ways of thinking, and we are forced to adapt and take on new skills to carry over to future lifetimes. We set up these emotional teachings through soul contracts, this is an agreement between two souls to have a shared experience with one another in the physical. There are no winners or losers and the contract is for the benefit of both parties involved. There is apparently nothing untoward about them and it's said that we are also in control of the terms and we don't have to agree to anything. So I really don't like the old me right now who agreed to some of mine, like don't know if anyone else feels me on that. So a soul contract is a non-physical agreement made on the soul level of your consciousness. They are created with your soul family before you incarnate into a new body. This is a binding agreement between one or more souls. Each involves fulfilling different roles and functions for one another. So sharing an exchange of energy and creating shared learning experiences through different dramas that play out. Not always positive dramas either, of course, because they are designed to help us on a soul level. We might not complete some due to an inability or because the circumstances aren't right. If we have to face a lesson over several lifetimes because we cannot complete it, they can leave their mark on us in emotional densities. 
The sole contract's purpose is accountability, to encourage personal progress and your honesty and tenacity to do what you say you will. And by fulfilling these soul contracts, we are said to raise our vibration. So challenges that may have affected us in past lives can be ones that can affect us in the present. For example, commitment issues, interpersonal issues, broken promises, unrequited love, unfulfilled potential, social and cultural stigma, racial bias and persecution. These issues can be the root cause of your traumas and they embed themselves deep into the psyche and can play out as limiting belief structures relating to relationships, abundance, motivation, career, self-esteem, compassion and forgiveness. Not going to lie, I blame me in this lifetime for most of my shortcomings anyway, but if I can blame me as Penny in 1876 for her poor life choices, then I am here for it. Damn you, Penny. So it's said that past life experiences can form your perception within the present and future as they are projected onto our current life experience. So we imagine what will take place based on what's happened before. Past life healing can take us places psychology won't and can't and offers up completely different answers. If you opt to work with someone for a past life regression, note that some might be offered as more of a recreational past life exploration rather than a healing experience. This can be great from an observational point, offering you some insight, but it doesn't offer a healing perspective. So do look into who you decide to work with for this. You could ask questions about how they have helped previous clients. Their title should be of a past life therapist for a healing experience, not a past life regressionist. The healing past life regression experience is about more than just observing who you were and what your past life was about. It's about making connections consciously between challenges within previous lifetimes and this one. So you might want to set intentions for the regression to discover who you were, the reason for coming to that life and what lesson it holds for you. The therapist's job is to work as an investigator over a healer for this. So they might use different approaches ranging from helping you to understand and reframe past lives, conscious removal of blockages. So this might focus around which chakras are blocked or parts of your body, calling in assistance from your angelic team, spirit guides, ascended masters, calling in healing from source light. So this goes by many names such as chi, prana, life force and golden light. It's not something I know much about, but it's a pure photonic light source energy that's sent to you for an extended visualization process. It's often used as the last part of a regression session. It wipes away lingering energies that can still be hanging on to you. And this is said to be the most transformative part of the process. So the changes you can expect after a past life regression can be huge. I have some shifts I can report. Firstly, I recognize that in my past, I've picked the same type of partners in this lifetime as I did in the past lifetime. I've often dumbed myself down for men in the past 
or I have chosen men who haven't been that cultured. I've hidden the depths of any emotional intelligence that I have, my love of reading, my interests. I think there is something in that with the past life I saw. I felt so happy after the experience. I genuinely felt this sense of peace about life and that the universe and life was so much bigger than the tiny things I sometimes drive myself mad worrying about. It made me realize a lot of the people I miss that were so integral in my life, I will probably see them next lifetime anyway. It just brought me a lot of peace. Obviously, some of them I don't want to see. Reported changes, though, through following a past life regression can be identifying and clearing significant blocks in your past. So you can experience like a feeling of gain and internal freedom as a result. You might experience your entire attitude changing, your behavior and the result, your life. So it holds real world benefits. You can literally reinvent yourself following on from this past life exploration. You might clear emotional trauma and see the parallels to your struggles within this lifetime. It's the knowledge also of the cosmic nature of our soul's journey. I have to say, I appreciate not everyone believes in reincarnation. And although I do, please don't feel I don't appreciate any other beliefs as to what happens when we move on, if you don't buy into this, completely appreciate different takes on this. My motto is always like pretty much live and let live when it comes to people's beliefs, as long as it's not hurting anybody. The belief that we have been here before crosses over many religions. We are, of course, made up of energy like everything within the universe. I think Einstein said, or I know he said, because obviously I researched it for the podcast, energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be changed from one form to another. So a way that you might want to have a go at doing some of your own past life regression work that we haven't mentioned, you might want to have a go at starting a dream journal for past lives. So you could start by writing your dreams out as they occur Keep writing out the ones you remember, and this will build on your dream recall. This can be used as a guide, and you might find emerging patterns. Perhaps you're in the same place. Is the theme the same within the dream? This may help you see if you can remember past lives, but at the same time help you understand anything your subconscious is trying to tell you for this lifetime too. Things in a dream that might signify a past life memory include people and places that don't necessarily exist. If you appear and behave differently within your dreams, you have the same pattern of dreams with no major change in them. In a dream, you might have a constant feeling of being incomplete or missing or even feeling older than your actual age. So crystals you might opt to work with for past life work and healing can be, <clears throat> lots of pronunciations here, anhydrite, apophyllite, sericite, chirite, fuchsite, howlite, brown jasper, labradorite, merlinite and moldavite. I really want some moldavite, although it scares the crap out of me as to what might happen. Also obsidian, oconite, ol, O-A-L, lithium, quartz, 
that's lithium quartz, tangerine quartz, rutilated quartz, phantom quartz, herkimer diamond, petersite, malachite, lavender violet smithensite, infinite stone, and that's light green serpentine, serpentine, sugarlite, dioptase, edacrase, larimar, onyx, hawk's eye, turquoise, pyrolistolite, rhodocyte, rhyolite, ruby in zoisite, shatterkite, purple violet tourmaline, unikite, varicite, and tanzanite. And this amazing list came from the website tarotpugs.com. You should expect, just to keep things simple, because that's like 3 million crystals there, many I've never, ever heard of, but you should expect a strong response with black onyx when it comes to past life work, if that helps you whittle it down. You might want to try a couple and let your intuition pick up on which one to work with. Sometimes a crystal's name might just come to you when you aren't expecting it. Of course, working with past lives can be interesting, but shouldn't distract us from being in the here and now. But it can help with issues or even phobias that seem unconnected to anything within our present lifetime. And we haven't had any joy in trying to explain. So I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I just want to credit the following websites for some of the information that I found. Lona Wolf, Tarot Pugs, and awakeandalign.com. So I just wanted to give you an update. My Patreon will be launching on August the 9th, which is my birthday, which sounds like a really Leo thing to do, but it just felt like a poignant day for me to start. And I'll be working that day anyway. For me, the number nine is really symbolic. It's all about the finality of one cycle and a new beginning. And that's what I'm rolling with. So I will be posting out some information shortly on my Facebook, my Instagram. I will, on future episodes, put information in the show notes. The Patreon will also be connected on there too. So basically, this will show how you can sign up if you are interested. On there, there'll be pretty grimoire pages from each episode from season two onwards. There will be some pages from season one that will gradually build up till the catalogue is on there. There's usually about six to nine pages of information per show, and it can take me around a day and a half, like a day to research. I go into the rabbit hole to the point of looking at essays from universities, books from like the 1800s, all sorts. So I hopefully can save you from having to do all of that. Plus, you have pretty pages that you can either add to your grimoire or start a whole new one with. They will be in a witchy, dark academia style, black and white, as I know not everyone wants to print in colour, especially larger amounts of content. So the Patreon is called The White Witch Coven. There will be one extra podcast episode on there each month and also access to Discord where we can chat between us about all things related to the craft. And I'm hoping you might find other like-minded witches within Discord that you can connect with. It's £6 a month to sign up and it's billed on the first of each month by Patreon. You can finish your membership at any time. You're not tied into it at all. So just wanted to ask, if you feel the call to, please would you give me a review on Apple Podcast? This helps new witches find the show and it gets it out there more. 
And once again, so many new reviews and support for the show. I am so grateful. I love doing this. I love the work I do. I hope that you can sense that with the work that I put out. So thank you so much. I'm really grateful. So have a lovely week, witches. I will catch up with you all soon. Lots and lots of witchy love. (laughs) 